Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Friday, April the 14th. And welcome to another chat with our good friend, George Rodriguez, down in South Texas. George, welcome. It's always great to have you. Thank you very much. Always great to have you for our weekly look at politics in Texas. Great to be uh, here. Although, uh, although, of course, politics in Texas seems to be also mixed in a little bit with some of the national stories that we will cover uh, today. Let me begin with uh, just a quick story. Mike Pompeo decided not to run for president. It doesn't come as a shock to me because he was way down and he probably doesn't have the name recognition. But I will tell you, I hope the next president, uh, Republican president, I hope that Mike Pompeo is either on the ticket or in the cabinet. This is a valuable uh, man, Mike Pompeo, George. I think he's got um, he's got a world of knowledge uh, and experience in yeah. uh, in foreign affairs, and uh, I think that he would be a great asset to, to somebody that would pick him. He uh, is very level-headed. Mm-hmm. He is very logical, uh, and uh, what I really like about him is that he's got a big picture view of things. That doesn't he doesn't focus on one issue, one country, one section of the world. He uh, he looks at it very globally, which is what I what we need. And most important, he looks at it from an America first. He doesn't look at it like you know what uh, what is this going to happen to there or to them or or these folks. He talks about the impact uh, on the American citizen, and that's what we need to have. And I tell you something: when you look at the world today. Uh, I think the world today is going to be, or the problems in the world are going to be a big part of the 2024 campaign. Oh, my gosh, I mean, yes. Uh, you look at what what is just happening between China and Brazil. Uh, they want to basically detach themselves from the American dollar. Yep. I mean, that's a big blow. Then what, what just happened with President Macron, who I think said a few things that I hope he regrets about the United States. We're looking very weak. We are looking very, very weak, and we cannot afford to look weak. That's it. We we cannot afford to look weak at a time when we have to at least project some strength. So that's why, that's why this international situation is why I think a man like Mike Pompeo would make a wonderful VP uh, on the ticket. And whether it's DeSantis, DeSantis could really use him because of his I mean, the fact that he's never been the president or much in Washington, he could really use uh, a a man like Pompeo, much the same way that George W. Bush put Cheney on the ticket to give it a little bit of national security experience. But I think he would be a very valuable person on on the ticket. So uh, let's see what happens. But, you know, 
a lot of times people say they're not running for president, and then somehow they they magically end, appear. <laughs> they magically appear on the ticket, which uh, I in this case I'm certainly hope I, I certainly hope he's either the next vice president or the next secretary of state. True. That is where I like to see him in one of those two positions. I want to see him in a prominent role in the next Republican administration. George, I do too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Let's talk a little bit about uh, another story. Big story of the day has a big impact here in Texas. And that is President Biden uh, said this week that DACA, uh, and I'm not even sure what their legal status is. I know they're protected uh, by DACA. Uh, but that protection of the whole thing about DACA right now is pretty much up in the air. So I don't know how much they're in fact going to be protected or how much longer. But he wants to include or offer the the so-called dreamers. He wants to offer them health care uh, or federal health care services. Now, the story that I read said he's going to propose it, which which is what I thought he had to do, because, as you know, this is not a power, at least uh, what I believe, this is not a power that he has as president to create a group that qualifies for this or that. But what do you think of, of this whole DACA story uh, or the Biden commentary about DACA, George? Well, first of all, we've got to understand that DACA stands for, the, the D stands for deferred. That means that these folks are not citizens. They are not legally in the country. They are just deferred from being deported. Now, uh, the other aspect of it is, if that is the case, and you know, obviously that, that is the legal standing, then uh, they really, really cannot receive uh, the benefits of, uh, of, of the United States, of, of uh, social services. They can't uh, under that deferred sta uh, status because, uh, again, the word deferred means that they're pending being deported because they're here illegally. The only thing that these guys, that these folks have going for them is that they came to the United States as infants, as minors. Some of them came as teenagers, but they're still qualified as minors. Now, the situation in that is, uh, once again, uh, a, a, an illegal immigrant is still an illegal immigrant and should be treated as, the, as such until they begin the, pro the process of becoming legal. That's been the big fight of whether or not these folks can become legal. And the, and, and the issue that I see with that is that if you reward these, these uh, folks with uh, some type of path of citizenship, you are encouraging other young folks to be used to come in. The, the vast majority, I lay the problem with all of these uh, children being abused, uh, dying, I lay that at the feet of DACA because what is happening is that once a child gets in here, that child is automatically deferred. They don't become a DACA person per se, but they receive the same benefit, they, they receive the same status, and thus they are not going to be deferred, neither are the adults or the parents, uh, usually the case. They are not going to be de deported. So what has happened because of DACA is that thousands and thousands of kids, of minors, of children, have been, uh, have been uh, uh, used as a loophole. And here goes, uh, here goes Biden. He's going to propose this uh, of, of an extension of a of, of uh, qualifying uh, qualifying them for, to receive 
some type of uh, of uh, social care, health care health, well, benefits, health care. And what the only thing that's going to do is encourage more. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have really have a problem with that. Well, and, and here's the thing. I don't know how he can do this legally, because, as you indicated, the last time. But he can't. I mean, the yeah, whole DACA, the last time, the whole yeah. DACA has, has been challenged. Well, DACA right. was, in fact, found unconstitutional by a yep. federal judge. That was never actually appealed, uh, to my knowledge. Maybe it was, but it, no, it I don't think been. it was. It's still, Which it's means still that that, that rule still stands, I guess, Correct. regarding uh, DACA. I think that if DACA were to go before this Supreme Court, that it would lose. It would lose. It would lose. It yeah, would lose. It would Five, lose. four, or six, three. It would definitely lose. So I, I thought it was strategically a bad idea. I mean, if, if you would like to help the DACA people, it seems to me the last thing you would do is stick it in the face of Republicans by saying, I'm going to give them these benefits. Correct. It, you know, a smarter thing to do would have been to do nothing. And also, there's another reality. A lot of these uh, DACA people or dreamers, whatever they want to call them, or many of them have private insurance because they're exactly. working. Many uh, of them are adults now. They're adults now, so they they're working. working. Again, they get uh, they get this deferred status and they can work. Right. A lot of them have been working and they have they have their own their own insurance now. I you know I debated a, a young man uh, here locally uh, in Telemundo, and he's and this is like six years ago, he was 34. So yeah. this is now a young man, and he's 40 years old, uh, who is a dreamer. I mean, if you're 40 years old, you're more than likely You're not working. a minor anymore. <laughs> no, you're not, and, and you're more than likely working. So I, I think this will be challenged. Uh, uh, President Biden's offer here will be challenged. I do. Where the challenge comes from, I, sure I hope don't know. So. I, I hope sure so. Hope. I hope so, and I, th I think it will. Now, another huge story here in Texas, George, and this is becoming quite a national story. You know the story. I think his last name is Cooper. I think that's his last name. Uh, a soldier in Austin, Texas. He's a soldier. He, well, he, he's, he was serving in the military, and then he was driving Uber, I guess, to make extra money. Yep. And he found himself in the middle of one of the George Floyd riots in Austin, Texas, back in June or July of 2020. And he was in the middle of a crowd and he's saying, look, you know, somebody pointed a rifle at me and I defended myself. The other side is saying, well, no, he didn't really point a rifle at you. You killed him first. It went to a trial. It went to a jury. The jury found him guilty of murder. And this has become a huge problem. The governor has promised to pardon him. But in Texas, of course, that's a little bit more complicated, the pardon process. It has to, the request has to come from a commission that does this. It apparently will get to the governor's desk, as I understand. But I think that under the rules of Texas, you know, stand your ground, which is very big here, I think if somebody points an AK-47 at you, George, they've got a problem. Because I think it's totally reasonable. If you point an AK-47 at me, uh, I'm not going to take a chance on you, George. I agree. I, what we're seeing right now is more uh, information coming out about how this case was, was tried. And one of the things that's very, very disturbing is that the DA, the prosecutor who, went at, who prosecuted uh, Cooper, uh, suppressed some evidence, kept it from the, um, uh, kept it from the uh, jury. 
The other thing is that members of the jury themselves were extremely biased. They supported the Black Lives Matter uh, uh, riot, they, or excuse me, demonstration, as they put it. And uh, also, there, was, there is the evidence that was suppressed that this character, the guy that got killed, uh, had been carrying on for a couple of days with his rifle, uh, intimidating people, walking around, being part of the protest, intimidating people with his gun. Now, uh, he happened to uh, confront somebody who defended themselves, who felt intimidated. Let's talk about how many times you use the wrong pronoun and some leftist gets intimidated. Let's talk about how many times uh, you use some type of, uh, of uh, defendant defense argument, a logical argument against somebody who uh, is arguing with you about abortion and they feel intimidated. Well, here's somebody that pointed a gun at somebody, they felt intimidated and they defended themselves. Right. Uh, I think that uh, when, the, when, when the facts are already out there, uh, when the, the facts that we look at that are coming out, I think it's very, very difficult to understand why he was convicted in the first place. Right. Uh, I really do believe and I support the, the uh, governor 100% in this matter. Uh, we cannot be in a situation like that uh, those, that couple was in, um, in St. Louis, St. Louis, right. Louis yeah. suburb, when they yeah. tried to defend their, their property and then they were prosecuted. Right. We can't have that. I'm sorry. Um, there no, are right. a lot of thugs. I agree with you. Yeah, there are a lot of thugs who are out there protesting and who want to intimidate you. They want to bully you, mm -hmm. and we cannot let them pass, let that well, happen. Well, I think the memo, Georgia, needs to go out to anybody who's marching, is if you point a rifle at exactly. somebody, uh, you, might, you might want to reconsider that. You better be prepared. Yeah, yeah because if you pull, a, um, I mean, it's one thing to, you know, give a finger, yell an obscenity. I mean, that's offensive too, but that's not going to kill you. But if you point a rifle at somebody, you got to be ready for the person to assume, especially in the context of a riot. Exactly. I mean, let me let me yeah. let me remind you of a situation right there in your hometown in Dallas about uh, six, seven years ago when there was a protest uh, by black militants over the shooting of a of, of a by a by a police officer. And they were parading with uh, with rifles and guns and somebody started sniping. Uh, at the police, what was hysterical about this, what was extremely ironic and funny, was that the, all these characters that were carrying guns and looking very bravado, they were the first ones to run behind the police. Right. Right. So, you, you're, talk, you're talking about the case where five police officers were killed. Yes. Uh, and this is back in 2015. I remember that case quite well. It happened at night. And uh, it, was, it happened in downtown Dallas. Correct. And uh, we have a uh, an indirect connection to one of the officers who was killed because his daughter and a young lady at our church were very good friends. Oh. And apparently he had been to our church several times because of the family tie. So uh, we, we remember that, that case quite well. But I think, George, the memo here to everybody, and that is don't point a gun. Don't point people. a gun. And, and certainly don't point it. And you know what? Don't point an AK-47 at a military guy. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. Because maybe yeah. if you point an AK-47 at a layman, he may not even understand what you're, what you're holding. But any soldier knows what an AK-47 is. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, I, I hope the, the, the governor comes through with this, uh, with this pardon and, and uh, puts this thing to rest. Now, the DA in this case is the one in Austin, right? Correct. And this is one of the another George Soros. Right. Okay. uh, Another George Soros, another graduate of the George Soros uh, school of 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 tolerating criminals. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Like the guy in New York, like the guy in Manhattan. Uh, Uh, Same kind of same kind of guy. Well, another story coming out of Texas. It seems like we've been in the news uh, quite a bit here lately. (laughs) Uh, There was a judge here who stopped uh, the abortion pill. And now the, the Supreme Court Justice Alito has basically stopped everything until something is settled down the road. That's probably the right thing to do, because there was a lot of confusion with conflicting opinions. Uh, but, George, this is how I feel about the abortion pill, two, two attitudes about it. I'd like to get your reaction. The first one is, I hope that the Supreme Court sends it back to the states and lets every state figure out what to do with the abortion pill. Exactly. Uh, uh, you know, let the states figure it out. And we in Texas, we can figure it out. We don't need uh, a national ruling here. But the other thing that it's scary for me, it's almost like a, a science fiction movie, George. The idea that you're going to take a pill to end a pregnancy. I mean, that's like a science fiction movie. That's like one of these, I don't know, futuristic movies about the world you know, where humans were so dehumanized that you would take a pill to end a, a pregnancy. I mean, the whole thing is, is so, it's hard for me to comprehend the idea well, that, of an abortion pill, George. It shows how detached from reality and from uh, anything spiritual these folks are. Uh, you know, the fact of the matter is that a, uh, a pregnancy is not an upset stomach, so you can't take a Tums and, <laughs> and get rid of it. It's not a, it's right. not a, something that uh, you know just happened because you ate something bad this is a situation of a of a, of a human life uh that is it, it, that is developing and uh these folks using a pill that can easily be sent across state lines i mean the bottom line to a, to to uh, abortion at this point is that you can have it in new mexico if you want but you can't uh, in the state of Texas uh, under certain circumstances. You can't. And, uh, and and the pill doesn't discriminate. The pill, you know, it'll uh, end uh, any the life of any, any fetus. So this state of Texas has got to have its own uh, uh, legislation, its own laws about the pill because it's got to be supervised and, it, and you just can't take it like a Tums. Right. On exactly. the other hand, on the other hand, the... Uh, you know, if you want to take it someplace else, that's fine and dandy. Go ahead and go to California, go to New Mexico, right. uh, take it. But uh, the left doesn't seem to understand that. The left wants dictatorship. Right. The left wants uh, everything to be the same as long as it conforms to what with they them. Want. Yeah, as long as they agree with it, they want everybody to follow right. the same rule. But I agree with you. I mean, the whole idea of an abortion pill, uh, I remember watching that movie. We had a little group from the church. We went to see that movie called Unplanned, you know, the, oh. the movie about, I think Abby Johnson is the woman's name. Correct. And uh, at one point in, in her efforts to kill a pregnancy, she took one of these pills. I'm not sure if it's the same one, but she took a pill that supposedly ended the pregnancy and it nearly killed her. I mean, she was in really bad. She had a terrible reaction to it. 
And George, it makes a lot of sense. Again, I'm not a chemist. I'm not a, a biology major. But the whole idea that you would take a pill, like you say, you, know, you can take a pill for indigestion. Okay, we've got pills for that. You can take a pill, you know, you can take an aspirin. We got indigestion, you know, we got those. But the idea that it would terminate a pregnancy, I mean, to me at least, that's a bridge too far. That That is really messing with the human body and in my opinion, in an almost unholy way. I, I hate to sound so religious, but somehow that just it, it's doesn't not, add up. I mean, it, it is a human life. It is. That is, that is, that is an embryo stage. Right. And you are taking a pill to kill it. Well, it, how else you can, you know, you can view it. No, you're right. But this is something interesting, George, that you just mentioned that I, I want to underline. Somehow, when we're talking, people like us, we're talking about abortion. We're talking about a life. When they talk about abortion, it's almost as if it's an indigestion. It's it exactly. It is. Exactly. I mean, they don't talk about the life exactly. at all. They don't talk about the fact that there's a life in, in the play Correct. here. And Correct. that's what I find obscene. Now, like, for example, in Florida, uh, the governor DeSantis just signed a, or about to sign, an abortion law that is the heartbeat law, similar to the one we have here in Texas. But he's made a couple of exceptions. He he said you can have uh, an abortion in case of rape or incest. You know that that is the right. window. Now I actually like that. I, I yeah. think that I don't if see a, a woman, yeah, if a woman is raped or if they're incest, I think she ought to have the option. I'm not saying it's automatic, but she had she should have the option. But what we're talking, you know, what the left is talking about. Is abortion at any moment abortion on demand? In fact, even after after birth. Yes, and that I think is is obscene. I'm, I just have no other description for it than just totally completely obscene. The idea that we have completely forgotten that we're talking about a life. I'm sorry. I, I just it, it, you know that's what I'm saying. And then we're going to take a pill to end the life. Correct. Uh, you know that's like watching one of these crazy. I don't know, futuristic science fiction movies about humans being dehumanized uh, in, the, in the future. Well, one more topic, George, another big topic is that, and that is this leak out of, the, out of the federal government. Now, the leak is interesting, I mean, not just because it happened, but it's interesting because it does challenge, at least nobody's denied it. I mean, the White House hasn't denied the information. It does challenge a little bit of the narrative with respect to Ukraine, yes. that maybe things in Ukraine are not going quite the way. Quite as <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it does. So, so I think that it's a little bit embarrassing. But George, you worked in in, in a White House. How does somebody who's twenty one years old get their hands on equip? I mean, on information like this, George. Look, I mean, it's incredible. I couldn't even get George. For example, just to give you a quick example, I couldn't go into Instagram or Twitter, or Facebook, and get your password or get into your account. They, they, I wouldn't be able to do that. And yet a 21-year-old can get into it. I mean, something is missing here. What am I missing, George? Well, look, when I worked in the White House, there were a lot of young people that were in that White House, uh, 21 years and younger. The big difference that I see uh, is that uh, there was a sense of responsibility and supervision of these young people, uh, of all of us, not only the young people, everybody was closely supervised was clo and had a commitment and understanding that these things you left alone, 
those things you could uh, take home or you could shred, whatever. You know, I mean, one of the, the inner sanctum, the president's own office, as well as the desk of his secretary, nobody, nobody went in there unless you were supervised and unless somebody was in there and, uh, you know, you had to explain what you were doing, why you were there. This kind of situation that we've got now is very detached. We've got a situation where people were playing games uh, during COVID. I mean, that's been the big, the big uh, explanation. Well, it was during COVID and they felt isolated. I'm sorry. You know, that is, that is not an excuse. You don't play with top secret stuff uh, under any circumstances. The other thing that I see is that, uh, I, I'm sorry, but this seems to be a, uh, a trait that we see in a lot of these Generation Z, I guess they're called. Uh, and, um, and, and these kids, these, guys, these folks, uh, just to lie, life is, is a game or uh, they're very, very self-centered. And uh, this guy was sharing the leaks with people so that he could feel, uh, he could be seen as somebody important, uh, so he could make himself feel better. Uh, it, 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 is, it is unconscionable that the, uh, that the military apparatus, that the uh, Pentagon let somebody like these folks have access to such sensitive information. And now even the president seems to be shrugging it off and saying, well, you know, it wasn't that, that critical of an information. I bet you Ukraine thinks it's critical. Right. Oh, I, I bet the Israelis do, too, because they were part of the information. But but what I find amazing to me is is how this information could be could be taken out of the out of the government, if you will, and put yes. in a game in a computer game that he was playing with other people <laughs> and nowhere along the line. I mean, you if you couldn't. It's more complicated to take a book out of the library, George, than it is to take this document, these yep. documents, and, and bring them home to play with your friends. Yeah. So I, I hope that as a result of this, that we tighten up a little bit on, because here's the thing, and I think you, you understand this as well as anybody, whether, you know, whether the leak, whatever the leak is, whatever the information is in the leak, leaks do compromise sources. And and that's my worry. It's not so much that the leaks contradict what the administration was saying about Ukraine. They do. But I'm a lot more worried about the man or woman who cooperated with us, who took a risk. They're going to be vulnerable now. They're going to be yeah, vulnerable. Yeah, now all of a sudden, you know, a person like that could end up being, could get thrown in jail, could yeah. get killed. And, and people that see that are going to be very hesitant to help us. Well, not that's to mention the, the other countries side. themselves are going to be you know, we can't trust you. But again, right. this is this seems to happen in liberal during the administrations. I mean, we seem to have the situation where uh, where anybody and everybody is trust because of, I guess maybe because of equity, because of equal opportunity. I don't know. I don't know. I am I am I'm never ceased to amaze be amazed as to uh, this situation. I remember in the Lyndon Johnson yeah. administration, the first big leak, the Barrigan brothers, the first big leak that occurred and uh everybody talking about it and everything well you know the question was well how the heck did they get did they get uh, access to that stuff well again uh somebody let them in somebody sympathizing with them 
uh, inside, uh, somebody let their guard down. Right. This situation that we've got with this kid, uh, it, it seems the whole system let its guard down. Well, I agree. I agree. I mean, the idea that a 21-year-old, and, and I guess it could be 23 years old. I mean, the age is a factor, but not as important as the irresponsibility, the irresponsibility. of the young man. I mean, the, the, the idea that you would say, hey, cool, I've got some secret information. <laughs> Let me go play in the computer with my friends. The idea that a light bulb wouldn't go on and says, no, I can't do that because this is important information. Exactly. This also, is that's it. But there's something else, George, too, that I wanted to mention here as we wrap up. If a person in the federal government, and I'm sure you remember this, if a person in the federal government has a beef or they see something they don't like that they want to, you know, expose, if you will, they can use whistleblower laws. There are yep. whistleblower laws. So this young man, let's say this is not the case here because I don't think this young man even knew what was on those. Uh, honestly, I, I'd be surprised if he even knew the complexity of what he was releasing. Right. But let, let's assume, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's, let's think that maybe he was doing a patriotic thing by releasing this. Well, what he should have done is call a member of Congress and say, look, I've got Let some information. information. Let right. me give you the information. Help me with this. Correct. And at least that way, the information is not put in the hands of three other 20-year-olds who are playing with their computer. Correct. So that's, uh, well, we're going to have to wrap it up, George, but I, <laughs> I told you at the beginning that there's a lot going on, and uh, it's just getting more and more. It's lively. <laughs> yes, it's it's getting more interesting. Some of these stories are going to keep going for a while. The leak will go on for a while. The abortion pill will go on for a while. The pardon of the soldier probably uh, in the next couple of weeks will be resolved one way or the other. So as usual, thank you so much for your time, and I appreciate very much your joining us. The baseball season is back two weeks right. into the season. The Astros and the Rangers are playing tonight. And I think this is the first time in like six years that they both had the same record. Because yeah. it seems well, like early in the game. Early yeah, in the season, yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the the Astros one of the teams been, is undefeated still. Well, that's the Tampa Bay Rays, and yeah. that's pretty amazing. I don't know how. Look, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how you can win thirteen in a row in the major leagues. Yeah. I mean, when you got the type of talent that there is in the major leagues, maybe to win somebody 13? will leak that secret. Yeah, somebody will leak the secret. It'll put it in one of the games. <laughs> and uh, they'll leak that secret. George, have a great weekend. Thank and you. And as too. always, thank you, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us, uh, our good friend. And by the way, George, any uh, any uh, travel plans that you want to share? Uh, on the 29th of April, and I do want to invite everybody. Uh, 29th of April, there's going to be a huge rally in Austin uh, regarding uh, the issue of the border crisis in Texas okay. to uh, uh, encourage the state legislature to act uh, okay. in some form or fashion. So I I really would encourage everybody if they can make it. All right. Very good. Excellent information. George, you're going to write something about it, I assume. So send it I to will. me and I'll, I'll try will. to distribute it uh, as, much, uh, as much as possible. Thank you very much for your time as always and have a great weekend, George. Thank you. All right. Our good friend, uh, George Rodriguez, as we look at the Texas situation, just overall, uh, you know, a lot of times what happens in Texas is national implications like the, uh, this information about the soldier and the pardon. That's a fascinating story. I mean, a soldier felt threatened. He defended himself and he was found guilty of murder. 
So now they're, you know, they're calling on the governor to pardon him. And the governor said that he would as long as, as soon as he gets uh, the pardon. Other stories, of course, that we talked about, the abortion pill, DACA, uh, the border issues as always, and this leak, this crazy leak. You know, it's just, it just makes me, I mean, I don't know what to say when a 21-year-old soldier can take out information like that. And again, we, we thank him for his service. Don't misunderstand. We appreciate the sacrifice that all our soldiers make. But uh, for a young soldier to be taking information like this and sharing it with other people in a game, in a computer game, I don't know. Something's wrong with our controls. As George was saying, something's wrong with the supervision. Thank you so much. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a great weekend. 